0: Now, I think all of us will agree that 2020 has really turned out to be a year like none other. Right? We started off last year, really with great anticipation and high expectation. then the next thing you know, the pandemic happened. And when it started, many of us did not expect it to be long drawn. In fact, I for one, thought that it was going to be like SARS. You know, it would just go on for a few months and then everything will come back to normalcy. But the next thing we know, we were in a global lockdown. All of our plans have to be changed overnight and all of our goals have to be adjusted. And year 2020 actually all of a sudden goes from one of great anticipation to one of great apprehension. But I want you to know that in the midst of the darkness, we all found a glimmer of of light, we actually discovered that that which the devil has meant for harm, God can turn it around for His own redemptive purposes. Isn't that right? You know, I actually discovered that we have we can find streams in dry places. We can discover diamonds in the dirt. We found strength in weakness. That we actually saw hope in the midst of hopelessness. And 2020 has turned out for us to be a challenging but yet groundbreaking year for the church. And I want to just take the first few minutes of our time together this morning to celebrate what God has done in our midst. You know, and first up, I just want to praise God for the launch of our FCC City Campus. How many of you, amen that? You know, we really thank God for that. We thank God for an amazing group of people who are willing to step out in faith in the midst of a pandemic to actually plan this new campus. We are so grateful for all the volunteers that come from the main church from all the various departments in, who actually went the second mile to make this happen. And today, after about seven months, I'm glad to say that almost 100 people have made that campus their spiritual home. And we want to give God all the glory uh, for that. And I also want to celebrate the Connect Group Ministries, you know, that has been the backbone of this church for eons. We have always started on a basis that we were to be a small group church. And this pandemic has done one thing. It has really amplified the importance of the connect groups. The connect groups have played a huge role in keeping us connected during the lockdown. It has become our primary means of communication and also of caregiving. And throughout the pandemic period, we actually continue to multiply and continue to plant new cells in the different zones. Uh, I'm glad to report to you that our Connect groups have actually grown in the year 2020. Our Connect groups have actually grown from 86 to 92. Our leadership base of Connect group leaders, ministry heads, etc., grew from 250 to 303. In short, now, we have added 53 new leaders to FCC in 2020, and we want to give God all the glory for that. And we want to celebrate <laughs> what God has done because you know why? Every time we increase leadership, we also increase the capacity of the church. And I think one of the star performers, if I can put it this way, in 2020 must be our media team. How many of you amen (laughs) You know, I think our media team has really done an amazing job in 2020. And I want to celebrate them. They have outperformed themselves during this pandemic season. Within a few short weeks, they have literally taken FCC, which has predominantly always been a local church, to become a sort of a global church because through effective live streaming and webinars and all that, they have actually allowed the church to go beyond the four walls of, of, of Perth and actually transcends uh, our borders and become a global Uh, so that we can have some kind of a global influence. I think our media team has literally leveled up in so many ways, and I want to say that we need to celebrate them to the glory of God. And and I want to just thank the media team for all that they have done in 2020. Now, we all know that because of the lockdown, because of the restriction of travels around the world today, we cannot do one thing that as a church we've always been very passionate about, and that is global missions. And in 2020, our global missions literally uh, have to be curtailed. But we also took the opportunity in 2020 to then turn our attention to local missions. And we, have saw, we saw a greater connection with our neighbors uh, through our street parties, through more collaboration actually with the Canning Council. And because of that, and I think oftentimes we don't get a chance to actually see this happen because a lot of these things happen outside of the weekend. Uh, We actually have seen a significant surge in our community outreach programs. For some of the programs, as high as 40 to 50% increase. Uh, Because of the lockdown, many people cannot travel. And as a result, they're all looking for things to do. And and they all end up coming for our dancing, our cooking, our... uh, uh, you know, tuition, whatever they have. And people keep sending people, and as a result, there was an explosion in terms of our take-up rate and our connection to the community. And one of the most exciting things for me in 2020 was that because everybody is here, we was a, there was a greater collaboration between the church, FCC, and FCS, uh, Faith Community Services, our, our community service arm. And as a result, we, we collaborated a lot more, and they run last, last year. We, one of the most exciting things we did was to run Alpha for the community. You may not realize this, but we thank God for, for Alpha in the community where we literally saw more than 30 people saved in 2020. and baptized, some of them filled with the Holy Spirit, and I just want to give God all the glory for the people that has come to know the Lord because of Alpha in the community. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So whether pandemic or no pandemic, the kingdom of God marches on and we give God all the glory. Now we are thankful for everything that God has done in 2020, but now we need to look ahead to 2021. So here's what we, I, I, we envisage for the year 2021. You know, FCC as a church, We have always our vision has always been to see people saved, churches revive, and nations transform for God's glory. It is our desire, you know, where we could see people actually getting saved because we can transfer people from one church to another. But until we actually plunder hell and populate heaven, until we actually see people saved, the needle of transformation have not shifted at all, and that's why we need to see people saved, churches revive. Our goal is not to plant our flag in every nation or to plant ourselves all over the place, but really is to be able to come alongside other churches as well to see churches revive and nations transform for God's glory. That's always been our vision for the last 15 years. But now, in terms of mission, our goal is to love people, love God passionately and to love people practically. God can see our hearts inside and He sees the passion that is in us but people can only see our hands on the outside and what we do. So, and that's why we need to love God passionately inside our heart, love people practically on the outside as well. See, and this has always been our vision and our mission. And last year, at the start of 2020, we cast a three strategic focus uh, as we work ourselves towards fulfilling our vision and mission. There are three strategic focus for the year 2020 and 2021. And let me just remind you of what they are. Number one is to increase in depth and size. You know, that God will help us in, this, in last year, this year, that we will increase in depth. We grow in our depth with God and also our size because more people means more people are getting saved. Num- number two is to cultivate our culture. Now, if you, if, if you are new to our congregation, you wonder what our culture is. Every time you walk in from the main entrance, you are confronted with four big blackboards right, along, along the wall, and that actually outlines our culture, which is to be authentic in our faith, to be humble in posture, focus on people, and to be excellent in everything. This is what we're building within the church, that we always will be authentic in our faith. What you see is what you get we'll be in everything that we do we do it out of a heart of humility a posture of humility then what we focus on people because people is the main core business of the church and excellence in everything because God deserves our very best okay it's just a culture we want to cultivate and Thirdly to grow our global impact and God has really done that because of the going online, etc. We never thought that it would happen this way, but God has seen it come to pass in 2020. Now, as I sought the Lord specifically about 2021, at the end of last year, God put, dropped a prophetic burden in my heart, which is to reintroduce the person and the power of the Holy Spirit to FCC. And as I was seeking the Lord, the, the, the theme that came to me for this year Is this very simple? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. You know, in 2021, we were intentionally pressed into a greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit and greater encounters with His power. And since the start, uh, since the end of of the year until now, we're already beginning to see God wanting to bring us there. And I want to encourage every one of us, brothers and sisters of FCC, that we will have our hearts open to say, God, we want a greater intimacy with you, a greater intimacy with your Holy Spirit and a greater encounters with your power. And we want our people to know who the Holy Spirit is. What is He like? What does He do? How can we experience Him? What is the role of the Holy Spirit in our daily life? And how can we move in the things of the Spirit? 25 years ago, when Pastor Ching Lai first started this church, he chose Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 as a key verse for the church. And it goes like this Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. I believe, brothers and sisters, we need to come back to this foundation. And we need a fresh invasion of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And how many of you were amen that? I believe we need that. We need a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. Now, what do I hope to see in 2021? My prayer is that we will see preaching that is not just in the eloquence of man, but with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let it come with signs and wonders following. We want to see lives transformed by the power of Spirit-anointed preaching. We want to see our people worship God in spirit and in truth. And we want to be able to usher in the manifested presence of God. You know, my prayer is that we will see people that our, our members our connect group leaders, our youth, our young adults, you know, the people in the marketplace, we will actually be walking in the victory of God. That we, we, we have an anointing that is able to break strongholds and to break us out of things that, that block us down at this time. You know, we trust God to bring us into the realm of the supernatural where signs, wonders, and miracles can actually be normal happenings in the house. We are believing God to move among our people in our services in our connect group. We want to see tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, words of knowledge and wisdom, discerning of spirits. And we want to see supernatural faith, healing, and works of miracles happening in our midst. I believe we serve a supernatural God. And how many of you believe that? And we want God to just come. We want to see our people stepping out in faith to pray for God to, to actually meet human needs with His power. Not just within the four walls of our church, but actually to do it at home and do it in our workplaces, etc. Ask God for an anointing that can break bondages in people's life, that we can meet human needs with God's power, not just our own understanding, not just wise words we can give, good advice that we can give, but God, let your Holy Spirit's power break into people's life. We want to see that in 2021. We want to believe God from miraculous answers to prayers that will bring the fear of God. How many of you know when people begin to see God move in supernatural ways, the fear of God comes? That's what happened in the early church. And because of so many things that were happening, signs, wonders, miracles, things are happening all over, the people actually fear God because of that. They know that there's a true and living God. We ask God for a fresh hunger for the presence of God and a renewed desire for prayer. You know, I read about revivals everywhere, and one thing I found in common is this. There is no revival that is not rooted in prayer. You know, we love to see our pastors, leaders, members praying in every cluster of the church, ranging from the connect groups to the zones, to the departments, to the ministries, praying together for God to move in revival power. My prayer is that God will use every one of us, propel us by the Holy Spirit, to share the gospel wherever He has planted us, at home, at work, in the community, and beyond. We want to see people saved, not just by being convinced in their head, but by being converted in the heart. It's one thing to be convinced in the head, okay, I understand the four spiritual laws. It's another thing to be converted in the heart, where we have such an encounter with the Holy Spirit's work in our life, that it literally, we are converted from the inside out. Not just convinced in the head, but converted in the heart. You know, we want to see people getting and really want to see discipleship that has both roots and wings. We want to become a people rooted in the Word, no doubt about that. But at the same time, we must be able to soar with wings from the Holy Spirit. You want to see people saved, churches revived, nations transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, see, I want to see FCC stepping into the river of Ezekiel 47. And we allow God to lead us into that river of God. We go in, anchor deep, then knee deep, then waist deep until we reach the place deeper and deeper until we cannot, our feet cannot touch the ground anymore. We lose control. But God is the one. You see, and God begins to carry us and let that river of God carry us where He wants us to go. And we say, God, as Pastor Dan said earlier, that Holy Spirit, you're not just a guest, you're a master in this place. You want to see Acts 3.19 coming to pass? Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. May 2021 be a year of the Holy Spirit. We're already beginning to see it, right? As the refreshing of God comes, as people turn towards Him, as we all begin to recognize our desperate need for more of the Spirit. And God is moving among us, and our prayer must be this in 2021 come, Holy Spirit. And this is the word that I want to share with you uh, today. As I was preparing for this, here's something I want to share with you from Ezekiel chapter 18. I want to begin there. Ezekiel chapter 18, I read for you verse 30 to 30, 32, and I bring you and connect all that back to what we're talking about here. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 30 to 32. The prophet Ezekiel was preaching to a stubborn people in his time. And he stood up, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said this, Therefore, O house of Israel, speaking on behalf of God, Ezekiel said, I will judge you, each one according to his ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from all your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. Read yourself of all the offenses you've committed, get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. I put myself in the the shoes of the prophet Ezekiel, and I'm thinking Ezekiel must have been really broken by what was going on in his nation at that time. See, at that time, the nation of Israel was living in sin. The priests in those days were self-centered, and they were piling up wealth for themselves. They cheated the people, and they they lived off the fat of the offerings while the people suffered. The people were wandering everywhere, searching for spiritual food, but there was no shepherd to feed them, lead them, or bind up their wounds. That was what's happening. And and, and that was the setting at that time when Ezekiel stood up in Ezekiel 18. Sometimes I'm tempted I've been in ministry now 30 plus years and pastored several churches, and sometimes I'm tempted to feel that way also. We grieve over the sins of what we see in the house of God. In these recent years alone, we have seen influential men of God toppling like dominoes. We see people that we respect and people that we, we love, people that we learn from, and then we see them going through just, just this breaking down. And I've seen it. We've seen it, right? Influential men of God just toppling like dominoes. We look at the struggles that people go through in their marriages, their family relationship, their spiritual health and all of that. And sometimes like Ezekiel, I'm, te- I'm tempted. I wanted to shout at people. So don't you know that God hates sin? Why are you letting your sin ruin you? Why don't you get mad at the devil and just cast him out? You know, why, 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 do we, why, why don't we just rise up and dominate our sins rather than letting our sinful nature dominate us? Why don't we do that? And in less godly moments, I want to pull them into a corner and get them the army commander training and just slap some sense into them. Just, okay, those are less godly moments. But at the same time, listen to me, at the same time, I am painfully aware That what the prophet Ezekiel was asking the people of God to do at that time was impossible. Don't miss this. I think what he was challenging them to do in Ezekiel 18 was actually impossible. Because the truth is this, they do not have the power to turn away from their sinful ways. They don't have the ability to create a a new heart for themselves. This was a dilemma of the old, test, old covenant of the law. It demanded perfect obedience, but without the indwelling power to actually do so. Ezekiel was actually calling them to do something which they cannot do. See, the people heard the, his powerful message, but they were powerless to actually do it because they know nothing about the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. They know nothing about that. You know, they they could not overcome their sins even if they wanted to. And sometimes I find the same thing happening amongst believers too. People hear the message of holiness. We all want to walk in holiness and righteousness, but they try and they fail, they try and they fail, and after a while it gets too difficult and people just give up. They want to, but they cannot. And that is why, brothers and sisters, listen to me. That is why God had to create, make a new covenant with men. There was a the very reason why God had to make a new covenant with men. And in their darkest and most hopeless hour, God actually revealed to Ezekiel a great promise that is to come. You read the rest from verse, chapter 18 onwards. God began to reveal to Ezekiel prophetically, way ahead of his time, a new covenant of God's grace. And then suddenly, the prophet began to preach a completely different message. It's a message of hope now. And then by the time we get to Ezekiel 36, listen to this, Ezekiel 36, verse 25 to 27, the message changed. Now you... you Picture the prophet Ezekiel standing before the same people of God and now he says this on behalf of God. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you. Hallelujah. I will put my spirit in you, move you to follow my decrees, and be careful to keep my laws. Wow. Look at that. Five times the pronoun I came up. Referring to who? Referring to God. What a glorious, glorious message. You know, I, I I can imagine the prophet Ezekiel actually surprised by his own words. He must be surprised by his own utterance because that is not their paradigm. That's never in, in, in their worldview. That there is a God who would actually come into them. Why? Because it was such a contrast, also from the earlier message that he preached in Ezekiel 18. In Ezekiel 18, what was he saying? He's saying, I will judge you. Rid yourself of all your sins. Get yourself a new heart. Get yourself a new spirit. In other words, do it yourself. Save yourself. Change yourself. But they can't. But now the prophet is declaring, the day is coming, brothers and sisters, when God Himself will come and sprinkle clean water on His people. God Himself will come and clean His people. God Himself will give them a new heart and give them a new spirit. God Himself will actually cause His people to obey Him and then they will follow my decrees and keep my laws. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm excited as I think about how the people must, how they must come across to the people. But it will, it's going to be accomplished not by their own efforts, but by the Spirit of the living God that which is impossible with men then is now made possible by the Spirit. And we say hallelujah to that. Thank God for that. And then you know what? To prove, you know, what He has just promised, God in the very next chapter began to show Ezekiel a powerful vision in Ezekiel 37. There was a context of that vision in Ezekiel 37, okay? It was like an illustrated sermon, if you like, of the highest order, after he revealed, you know, after God actually used Ezekiel uh, to, to prophesy about a coming new covenant, after that, what happened was this. You now go with me to Ezekiel 37. In the very next chapter, he, in verse 1 to 4, this is what happened. Are you following me so far? Okay, stay with me, all right? Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and then set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Then he led me back and forth amongst them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. After giving Ezekiel the prophetic message about the new covenant that is to come, the next thing is God took Ezekiel to a valley full of dry bones. And then in verse 3, the the scripture tells us God asked the prophet a very poignant question. And the question goes like this: He turned to Ezekiel and says, "Son of man, can these dry bones live?" That's a poignant question. Can you imagine if God take you and then He bring you to a valley full of dry bones, and then He turned to you and say, "What do you think? Can these dry bones live?" <laughs> I don't know. You know, many times I, in my thirty-over years pastoring different churches, I have been—I almost have been confronted with the same question. You know, and sometimes I look at a church, you know, I look at all the bones, and then this question, can these dry bones live? And you know what? When Ezekiel, when God asks Ezekiel that question, he's actually saying something very significant to Ezekiel. You know what he's saying? He's actually asking Ezekiel, these bones represent your people. They have no life. They are dry and dead, and you have been preaching to them. You have challenged them to break free from their sins and their bondages, but honestly, can these dry bones live? You've been speaking all these things to them, but you honestly believe these dry bones can live? And when I'm confronted with something like this, and God would ask me, how does dry bone? can these dry bones live? You know, sometimes I'm tempted to give the same answer that Ezekiel gave, which was a very good answer. You know, he turned God turned to Ezekiel and said, can these dry bones live? Ezekiel gave the best answer in the world. What did he he reply? He replied this, oh sovereign Lord, you alone knows. (laughs) Which basically means, I don't think so. (laughs) That's what he's saying. I don't think so. Can these dry bones live? Oh sovereign Lord, you alone knows. If you were to ask me today, Benny, can these dry bones live? I'll tell you what my answer will be. I think it's yes and no. I think it's yes and no. And here's the key. Under the old covenant of the law, they cannot. But under the new covenant of grace, I believe they can and they will. Because you know why? It's not by might, not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Then God told Ezekiel this. And he says, I'm not sure, Sovereign Lord, you alone knows. What did God do? God then told Ezekiel the next thing. And here's the key. He says, you prophesy to these bones. And then you say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. And that word breath is the old Hebrew word ruach, which is the same word for spirit, the same word for wind. Okay, breath, I will make breath, spirit enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. And then when when Ezekiel did that in obedience, the next thing we know, What followed was a supernatural work of God. Look at verse 7 and 8 now. So I prophesied as I was commanded, Ezekiel said. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. There was a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. But there was still no breath in them. Now, all Ezekiel needed to do was to just prophesy. Just do what God wants him to do. And the next thing you know, God did all the rest. And what, did, what happened? There was movement. Then there was noise, okay? The, the bones begin to move. There was a rattling. There was noise that happened. How many of you know that wherever there is movement, wherever there is noise, it means there's life? Am I correct? If there's movement, there's noise, it means there's life. Physically, this is true, right? When a baby is born and there is no movement, there is no crying, what does that mean? The baby's dead. It's a stillborn. It has no life, in other words. But when a baby is born and there is crying, there's movement, everybody rejoices. Why? Because there is life. You see, and in the same way, I believe when God begins to move in our midst spiritually, there's going to be movement and there's going to be noise. Your heart is going to be moved. God's going to move you into different things. God's going to call you. God's going to use you. God, there's going to be movement, and there's going to be lots of noise, okay, especially in worship. What do you think? And there's going to be that engagement. You see, when He moves, we all groove, you know. That's movement. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's all of us are actually made with happy feet. We were meant to dance and jump with joy before the Lord. And the next thing you know, flesh, skin appeared upon this still lifeless body. Now, you've got to capture that. It's like as if God was preparing His vessel to contain His Spirit. But He ended up in, in, in that verse by saying that there was still no breath in them, in verse 8. So what you see is the form and the shape and all of these things happening. It was like God is preparing the vessel, but the wind hasn't blown yet. Then the next thing you know, in verse 9 and 10, Then the Lord told Ezekiel this, prophesy to the breath. Don't just prophesy to the bones, like I'm doing now to all of you. (laughs) But he said, prophesy to the breath. Speak about. Okay, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, O ruach, and breathe into this slain that they may live. So I prophesied, and he commanded, as he commanded me, and breath entered them and they came to life they stood up on their feet a vast army, hallelujah what a picture you know that he's actually given, it's like a illustrated sermon of what is to come, of the new covenant when the spirit of God is going to enter man and then boom we're going to rise up a mighty army kind of remind me of the terracotta soldiers in China all standing there lifeless until something happens You know, and without knowing it, I think Ezekiel was actually preaching the new covenant prophetically. And then he began to call for the ruach, the bread, the wind, the Spirit of God to blow upon these dry bones. Life came into them. Next thing you know, they rose a mighty army. He was literally saying to these dry bones, you know, the only way you are going to defeat sin, the only way you can walk in victory is when the Spirit of God works in you. He must come in, take dominion over you. Only the Holy Spirit can bring you to life and cause you to walk in obedience to our God. I think it's the message of the new covenant. And this was what Hebrews chapter 8, the writer of Hebrews was talking about in Hebrews 8, verse 10 to 12. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. He said, this is the covenant. I will establish the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters of FCC, I have good news for you. You and I are people of the new covenant. We are people of the new covenant. And we must lay claim to the blessings of the new covenant. It's not by our own effort, but it's by His grace. He will sprinkle clean water on us. He will rid us of our idol. He will give us a new heart. He will give us a new spirit. He will exchange our heart of stone for the heart of flesh. And He will cause us to obey Him. Oh, brothers and sisters, this is what I'm looking forward to. The Holy Spirit in us can do what our flesh cannot do. But even as New Covenant believers, sometimes we don't realize, you know, all the resources that we have in God. And we can still end up like the dry bones with flesh and tendons, but we remain ineffective. And then we will end up like mannequins, you know, in the shop window. Looks good, but no movement, no sound. We end up like terracotta soldiers in China. Have the form, but no power. Isn't that right? I've seen people who are redeemed, but not walking in victory. we are saved, but still struggling. Born again, but still powerless. But today, we need to come to God and say, God, I, really, I realize you know, that I really need you to fill me with your power and give me fresh wind, give me fresh fire. What must we do then? You notice that Ezekiel not only spoke to the bones, he also spoke to the wind. In other words, we need to prophetically call for a release of the Holy Spirit's power upon the dry bones in the church. And suddenly there'll be movement, suddenly there will be noise, and a mighty army can rise in Jesus' name. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, I hear the heart of the spirit, you know, crying, let the dry bones live. Let the dry bones live we need to have a greater recognition of our need for the Holy Spirit. You know, a, a greater re- reliance on the Holy Spirit. And not just in words, you know, but really from here, a, a desperate knowing that we need the Holy Spirit. You know, I know that in the modern church today, we are part of that modern church today, The world has moved ahead in many, many ways. There are many things we have learned, right? We learn about leadership, and we know how to lead people, how to influence people. We've learned about communication, so we all know how to do the right things that will engage, you know, and and then we become better communicators. We've learned a lot of these things. We've learned about technology. We know how to use sight and sound that can can engage people. I know we can do that. We learn how to program things. We learn how to make things flow, segue into this, segue into that. We are very good at that. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need, we need so that we can become even, but really effective in what we do. But I can tell you this, we can have all of these things. But without the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing really matters. All we'll do is we'll, have a, we'll attract more people. That's it, because they like what they're doing. It's engaging, it's fun, it's, it's really, you know, Happening. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing really matters. We will not see lives truly transformed from the inside out. We need the Word and the Spirit together, and then we can soar. You no, know, and I'm challenging you today. You know that are we prepared to make some discipleship decision? Are we really serious about about this? If we are serious with God, if we really want to change, we need to make some discipleship decisions. You know, we can pray, you know, God, feel me. Feel me. But how can He feel you if we're so full of ourselves? If we're so dependent on our abilities, we're so dependent on our experience, we're so dependent on what we have learned and the you know, things that we can do, all the skills we have developed. We can say, feel me, but... How does God feel us when we are so full of ourselves? We can say, God, empower me. But yet, we're still so dependent on our own abilities. We can say, God, use me. But He cannot, you know, until we're willing to walk away from those things that actually hinder us. How can we keep saying, God, use me, use me, and we're not even willing to give Him the time to seek His face, to read His Word. We're not even willing to do that. And then we say, God, use me. How to? You tell me. But we're serious about this. We're serious about God. There is hope. And this hope is not found in some great pastor or some methodology or some programs. No. Your answer is in the new covenant promises of Christ. purchased for us to the cross of Calvary. want you to know that when Jesus died on that cross, He did not just buy for us or purchase for us pardon from all the penalty of our past sin, but I think He also bought for us freedom from the power of sin by His Spirit. Through His death on the cross, He took care of all of our past. But through the the Holy Spirit, He's going to give us what we need for the present and the future. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Romans 7 verse 24, and so true, he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? As he was describing the dilemma of sin, he ended by saying, you know, what a wretched man I am, who will save me from this body of death? And then he gave his own answer. The answer was this, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then he went on in chapter 8, verse 1 and 2 to say this, you know, this is one point where I wish we didn't have the chapter and the verses because they're all linked together. He's, he's telling us, what a wretched man. This is where I was in the past. What a wretched man I am who will save me from this body of death. The answer, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. How? He says, therefore... And that's the connection, right? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. That's the answer. The starting point of a life of victory in Christ really is the power of the Holy Spirit. The law of the Spirit is what sets us free from the law of sin and death. And now there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. We need a greater reliance on the Holy Spirit. He will sprinkle clean water on us. He will read us about idols. He's the one who will give us a new heart and a new spirit. He will exchange our heart of stone for a heart of flesh. And He will empower us to really obey Him. Let the dry bones live. Would you stand with me, please, as we prepare ourselves, as we enter into 2021. I want to invite you just wherever you are, just stand to your feet and don't move around yet, but just forget about the person next to you and listen to me. Hear my heart on this. You know, I've been with this church for a long time, 15 years now. And over the years, I've learned one thing. I do believe with all my heart that many of us in this congregation loves the Lord. Many of us desire to walk in obedience to Him. Sometimes we really want to, but we find it quite difficult. We feel like those dry bones sometimes. I have a form, but no power. I come to church, I go to cell group, But sometimes I still feel powerless to overcome sin and temptation. Could it be that we are still seeking to live out the Christian life through our own strength? When what we need is to turn away from our own strength, turn to the Holy Spirit. It's not by mind or by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And this is a season, and I've sensed it since the end of last year, this is a season where God is inviting us as a church to come to Him and to drink. And we we can come to a greater reliance on the Holy Spirit. And that's why we open the altar for you to come and do business with God week after week, Sunday after Sunday. And it's because we want to just remind ourselves again that it is by His power and His enabling that we can walk in victory and obedience. And I want you to understand it's not just one moment at the altar that's going to solve all your problems because it's not. We come to the altar to seek God, to encounter Him. And then we take that same passion, the same desire into our personal closets where we will seek God, where we will actually dig deeper into His Word until He breaks through in our life. And I'm not just talking about a moment at the altar. I'm talking about a desire to actually press in and then let God really transform us from the inside out. Let us really be dependent on the Holy Spirit not on our own strength, not on our own ability, not on your experience, not on all these things, your abilities, but say, God, I need you. desperately need you. And we open this altar for you to do that. And you know what? I come many times to the altar. and say, God, deal with me. I come one week, I come another week. And sometimes you wonder, is that really what we need to do? I tell you what, I don't think I've learned. Every time I come and I do business with God, a little bit more, the old man in me dies. I break in in a little bit more, I break in a little bit more until I get that breakthrough. And then God invades my soul. And that's what we need. Amen. Let the dry bones live. As we stand, and I invite the worship team just to come and lead us. I want to open this place. It's an altar. I believe this is a season where God invites us to come and do business with Him. I want to hunger and thirst and say, God, come, be my strength. And I lay hold of the new covenant promises of God. I cannot do it in my own strength. I cannot do it on my own. How can you live this life of victory, kinetics? How can you even break through and all the temptations and things you struggle with It's not by your own strength. Come and say, God, Holy Spirit, come and work in me. It's the same for all of us. So if you're ready, come, join me in saying, God, I need you, more and more of you. Let's worship Him. Thank you, Lord.